After recording this podcast, I found out that a family friend had passed away. I just wanted to send my condolences to Gary, Russ, John and Tom. This is dedicated to Pauline. Keep right on. And welcome to the We Are Birmingham podcast. I'm Chris Golding. I'm Matthew Elliott. And we are both disappointed after March's results. <laughs> Two <laughs> goals, but no points. Yeah, uh, a very, very disappointing month for us, really, wasn't it? As Friday night was a bit of a bit of a gut wrencher again after leading, and yeah, some questionable decisions. Misspent optimism as well. Yes, yeah, absolutely. But well, I mean, it didn't say, it didn't seem that way. Uh, I, I, you know, there's something about the way we're playing at the at the moment. The last couple of games against Preston and West Brom that just it takes me back to the beginning of the season where you know we were performing pretty well, but we weren't getting the results that we probably deserved. And I think the last two games have been very similar to that, but. Defensively, we don't look, we don't still don't look great as we've we've obviously already said recently, and <clears throat> but at least we scored a couple of goals. So you I mean, there's you got to take the positives, I suppose, from it. But yeah. and after the slow start to the second half as well, yes, we then took the lead again. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it looked like we were going to be on the back foot for most of that, and then we obviously came back and um, Duke scored. It was Duke, wasn't it? Scored the second one. I'm yeah. trying remember because I had yeah. I've had very little sleep since then um <laughs> the, yeah it was very uh yeah it was just it's just disappointing again I mean the talking points obviously I, I as we've discussed on between ourselves and we've discussed with other people on social media with some of the some of the refereeing decisions and um We'll, we'll get into that as we sort of sort of go through, but I still think there's plenty of positives to take from the game. It's just it's just really really disappointing. I I kind of felt as you say, I felt positive before the game, and I felt positive throughout most of it until their third went in, and then it kind of was yeah very very deflated. A bit of a rally at the end. Yes, but sadly not enough. I I actually. I'm not the most optimistic of person at times and for the last 10 minutes of the game I didn't think that we looked like scoring but then when we got that corner right at the end I thought oh we might have a chance here and then he blew the fucking whistle I was like no yeah <laughs> that was uh, that, I felt that like that was a little bit naughty I mean he had played extra beyond the uh, the added time how, how long had gone when he blew the final whistle uh, to be honest I, mean, I, I can't really remember, can't remember. Uh, I can't remember but I think it probably played about another minute and a half I think potentially so I mean, potentially I'm yeah, I'm not I'm with with the way that they wasted time at the end um, even in stoppage time there was uh, Sam Johnson um, punched the ball away from the, when the fans threw it back to him and then he kicked it out as well um, one of their supporters that booted the ball right away from, I think it was Gary Gardner that went to take the, the throw um, no sorry it was Colin um, and it just it, it just didn't seem to add enough on for the time that had been wasting and, and when we'd been trying to get the game moving you were just thinking 
oh, come on, Rinruff, let's 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 have one more chance. Yeah, we haven't know, we haven't wasted the time. They've wasted it, so let us have the one chance. And and I can get that. I can get the frustrations with that. But yeah. I mean, that is just, apart from the fan, the the fan that um, sort of threw the ball away. That's just shit housing, isn't it? Blues have been yeah. great at it all season. We've got it, it is. But Lee Camp is great. You'd, at you'd it. like to, and he was in that game in the first <laughs> half as well. Um, but you just got to think from the referee's point of view, it's a corner. We haven't wasted the time. They've wasted the time in stoppage time. Yeah. Just let us take it. <laughs> it's like, yeah. You know, we, that, we, were, we were looking to get up there and take it, and that that actually really wound me up more than anything during the game. <laughs> There, were, there, were, there was plenty to get wound up about in that game, I think, from from for both sides actually. But yeah, just it annoying. It's just it's it's just really annoying. It just. It, it, do you know? I'll tell you what. After that, as well, um, and it, not a lot's been made of it. But he was having a good laugh and a joke with the Albion players as they were going off. I thought that was quite unprofessional, to be honest with you. Is that is is he another one? I noticed. Um, I, I think I did see people talking about that actually, but there was. Oh, who was it? I was watching the game. I think it was a game on Sunday. Well, when Liverpool scored the the what ended up being the winner against Spurs, the fourth official started celebrating on the sideline as well. Like, really? What What is that all about? I mean, if that's, I mean, I don't whether he's a Liverpool fan or not, or I don't know that. But I mean, you don't want, like, say, laughing and joking with players is probably okay to a, to a point, but. You know, when you've made a few potentially questionable decisions in the game, you don't want to be seen as being too pally with them, and certainly not celebrating goals or whatever as well. So, no. it, well, it didn't go as far as celebrating goals, but they they look very uh, very chummy as they were yeah. going off. Yeah. It, after when, when you've riled the opposition players up, it's probably not the best thing to do at the end, is it? Let's be honest. No, no, no. I'd agree with that. I mean, let's talk about things on on the pitch for a little bit. So, in terms of, we obviously missed um, Kefton Bell was was out with with an illness, so he should be back for for Leeds, which is which is good. But was it illness that have they came out and said that he was ill now? They've yeah, see, they've yeah. said originally it came out as injured, but then as it sort of gone on throughout the week, they said he went down with an illness and he expects to be back for. Um, expect to be back for the Leeds game so I mean that I don't think that helped because Davis again looked completely off the pace he's really he's, I know we've spoken about it about three or four times since his return but not good not good no, at all uh, his game was kind of summed up with the pass that he made just before he went off as well yeah straight out of play yes yeah <laughs> yeah and you know you can't expect Gary Gardner to everything. Gary Gardner is an okay footballer, but you know you you can't expect him to play the role of role of two people. He's he's not that good. No. I thought Mahoney was was really really good. Um, he's, again, and I know you want to talk a bit about about him as well. Quite frustrating at times, but obviously his set pieces were uh, were very good. Magoma goes from being fantastic to absolutely terrible, and I think it's time for a rest for him now as well, a proper rest and let's see Moravti given a given a proper run in in a team for for a few games. Defensively the centre backs looked like they'd had a terrible time. Again, a few nice um bits of covering for each other, but then there's some stupid mistakes. We'll get into that around uh, the third the winner was that? I think that 
Morrison misjudged the bounce and then yeah, Dean okay. misjudged and then it was Davis and then Livermore and then a terrible bit of goalkeeping from, from camp. But, you know, there's there's a lot to get to get into there. So I'll let you kick off with where you want to start with and we'll, we'll sort of move on from there. Um, well, you, you touched on Mahoney, yeah, did you? <laughs> yes, yes. Not in a sex way. <laughs> yeah, you, you touched on Mahoney. Um, he, I think he generally, his all-round play on the ball is brilliant and he's probably our most talented player on the ball. He's come on loads, I think, in the past. Sort of. In fact, he's but, come on more since we've started playing worse. Does that make sense? I yeah, think, it does. Yeah, Why can't you make weird. decisions? It's so frustrating. It's so that's the thing with with young wingers. Sometimes decision making can be can be pretty poor. Um, we we were watching him. We were there, and he just he gets in such great positions, and then it either doesn't cross or tries to shoot or tries to then cut back and it, it, it's just quite frustrating to watch because if he added that maybe he wouldn't be at Blues then if, well if, yeah if they, 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 I mean there's a reason why Bournemouth spent money on him and what did he buy from Blackburn or someone like that was it or Accrington Stanley I can't remember but obviously James Beaton knows him but they went to he went to Bournemouth they obviously see something in him and he has got talent definitely got talent but I mean he is lacking that sort of final bit of decision making that's probably why he well probably being harsh that's probably why he won't make it at the top level but say certainly uh, he's come certainly come on leaps and bounds but i i I love the fact that he takes corners with uh either either foot as well it's just and it's great to see a player actually do that because you you, it's very rare you can see a player that will do something like that i think the only other person i've seen do it recently or take free kicks with both feet is Son at Spurs. I don't think I've seen many other players do that. I don't know if you have, but it's uh, it's still uh, I find it quite impressive to be to, to be honest. And it's and they are good set pieces as well. Yeah, well, um, it, it's it came to the point on Friday night where we were actually the guy that I was with. Um, we were actually looking at each other and saying, "Just win a corner." Yeah. <laughs> you know, if you can get the corner. Just you get a foul, make, get a free it, kick, get a corner. Well, two yeah, two yeah. goals from them as well, weren't there? So yeah, yeah. That, and that was where he was most productive. So you know, just win a corner, put a dead ball in, um, and try and score from that. I think that's if we if we can do that for the rest of the season, and we can start attacking some corners, some set pieces, then I think we'll have to take that because I'm. Oh, do you know, I don't. I don't want to be too harsh on the guy because I do rate him. But there's just he just seems to waste a lot when he's got the ball at his feet. He does, but I mean, he, 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 play. he. I don't want to. I, I don't want to be too critical because he he's one of the only people that are actually doing that and going somewhere yeah. with the ball. So we need someone that's going to run at run at players. I mean. Magoma, what has been great at carrying the ball up up the pitch on the counter, and then that's stopping good. and turning round and but going back again. And I don't, I don't know if it's the confidence thing or slipping <laughs> over when you know he can cut inside the box, he slips over, and but then Magoma will go and play like a lovely through uh, through ball to to set Adams up, and you know he goes from sublime to ridiculous and. Magoma's work rate can't be questioned, no. but he is his confidence at the moment is I, I don't think it's great. So <clears throat> I'd say you need to find that balance on the other 
on the other wing now with someone else and you know we've got hotter whether or not you you bring him back in but I think it's there's something gone on there so you know we can get into that in fact someone asked a question on Facebook about what our opinion was on hotter and I think we've spoken about it numerous times already so I don't think we need to go into it in in real detail but there's something clearly not right in camp there with him if he's not getting a look in um, given how poorly or how inconsistent Magoom has been and yeah, so I think we might see Marabti and uh, Mahoney against against Leeds potentially, but we'll wait and see. Obviously, on the well, subject, speak, speaking but, of confidence, Shay Adams, yeah, got taken off on Friday. He's doesn't just he, look. He doesn't, doesn't look the same player, does he? He, he doesn't know. So is that six games now? Five, five games? Is it? I can't have without a goal for him. <laughs> Last count. Yeah, it's a def- It's definitely it. I know we joked about the drought after three games, but you know that is it is a drought now. But he doesn't look like scoring either. Even when he was put through the other night um, against uh, by by Magoma, um, he didn't look like he was going to score. Then okay, it was a tight angle or whatever. But he, I don't say I didn't even see I didn't even see the work rate from him on. Friday, I, I, all, I could, Duke was everywhere and absolutely ran himself into the ground. And how he managed to, I mean, how he managed to last that, I'd, I've no idea. But he just, he ran himself in into the ground. And the problem is that Vassell doesn't look that great when he comes on either. So we haven't really got anybody else. So it depends. <laughs> Again, though, is that a case of? Maybe match sharpness. Yeah, I mean, for, yeah, I mean, you've got to account for stuff like that. I mean, he, yeah. obviously, he's scored, been scoring in the under twenty three, so he's obviously still got an eye for goal. But yeah, you know, that's the under twenty three. It's a very, very different game of football to getting uh, getting back up to that pace. Yeah, of the championship. Absolutely. But, you know, where where do you go with it? Do you drop Adams? I don't think you can. There's there's a few murmurs when he went off the other night. People saying, "Well, he he can score goals." The fact is, he hasn't scored goals. Yeah, so there is I that. Kind of seen taking him off. But I'd be I'd be tempted to. I mean, what I probably wouldn't do is take. I, I wouldn't drop him or against Leeds. I'd probably leave him in because I think the two goals he scored against Leeds actually at the beginning of the season started his run of goals his goal scoring streak if I if I remember he scored a couple of really good goals against them and that's when he sort of went on there went on on his big run so um yeah I I wouldn't leave him out just yet I think he might have a bit of confidence playing against those I, I don't know maybe I'm clutching at <laughs> clutching at straws there but I think potentially um, you've got to consider looking at bringing in Vassell alongside Duke or trying something different, whether or not we talk about what we did before, trying the, the 4-3-3 and having Duke central with two players either side of them, I don't know. Maybe maybe they change it up that way. Maybe it's too late to change stuff, I don't know. But yeah, um, I'm, not, I'm not sure that they will. With, with a few games left in the season, I'm not sure whether they'll try and change things too much. They'll try and I think they'll probably stick to... A, a, a formula that they feel works. In, yeah. I suppose in a way it's worked in the last couple of games, but for mistakes. Yeah. But for Preston not scoring goals, so. Yep. It, it works. Yeah. <laughs> Just uh, getting it to getting it to click. Getting. I mean, I, I mentioned on Twitter the other day that I think at the moment as well we look like um, 
a house of cards almost where you take one card out and the rest just crumble um, and in at the start of that second half the other night Pedersen was caught out of position so there's the one card that goes the, the next one is that he fouls him that's the next card going then Davis can't seem to head a ball or can't seem to challenge for a header when the cross comes in yeah. and that house of cards just comes down and it it's almost like once there's one mistake, take the the third goal as well. The first mistake, Pedersen may be out of position. Uh, Morrison comes over to cover. Air swipes at the ball, lets them through. Ball comes over, poor header from Harley Dean. Then Davis doesn't. Davis just stands there. <laughs> well, he kind of hit his and shoulder watches. and sort of rolled onwards, and he tried to close them down, but Livermore had already. Little sort of hit it yeah. by that, and then there's the old chop. The, 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 the shot on goal, obviously. Yeah. So it, it's almost like there's this one one piece comes out, and the rest just crumbles down. Yeah, it's it's not like you they can rely on each other to to back each other up. It's which it's is unlike, effect. yeah, which is unlike the start of the season. There's definitely yeah. definitely feels something not right there, and I mean we've spoken about. The, the Dean and Morrison thing and swapping round whether that's down to an injury to Dean or whatever uh, but there's definitely something that's very they're not certainly the defence with camp they're not a cohesive unit they're certainly not like they were a few weeks back a few months ago and it's a little bit little bit concerning um, at times West Brom had a field day with our with our back four I thought on Friday but again they were uh they maybe were helped by the referee occasionally as well, potentially. But should we should we visit that the referees the referee side of things? We can do. Before we do, we've mentioned to each other that we're going to start up a new feature in the podcast, uh, a bit of trivia. So I'm going to start with a nice easy one for you this week. <laughs> oh God! You've got ten answers. Um, I've got ten, ten answers. answers to- You've got 10 answers to give okay. um, throughout the rest of the podcast. Pop up with them whenever you want. Um, <laughs> and this week's question for you is, nice and easy one, top 10 goal scorers of all time for Blues. Okay. That's, so, uh, I can probably, <laughs> probably, can probably figure that one out, yeah. And no Googling. I can't. I know, I can't what, I know what you're like. No, I can't do it. So we can. I know we can go with uh, Joe Joe Bradford. What was that, Joe Bradford? Yeah. Thank you very much. Right, we'll keep going. So. Yep. Move on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, because uh, I, I definitely know, I definitely knew that one. So, where do we go next? We don't talk about the refereeing decisions. Uh, yeah, we can do. So, a lot of people afterwards. After the game, coming out with the uh, conspiracy theory, um, and I am started to get a little bit. Um, <laughs> I'm starting to go for it a little bit. I think there's something there. I don't know if it's subconscious from the referees, but I do definitely think there's something. I can't pinpoint it. Now, you're not in agreement with that, are you? No, so I'm getting, I'm getting really, really wound up with 
the blues woe is me mentality of of our fan of a section of our fans at the moment that are really really going for the EFL you know absolutely no the FFP thing is it's it's fine you have a dig them about that but if you think that creepy uncle Sean Harvey is sitting in his office and then he's got all the referees together and said to them right what I want you to do is make sure you don't give this decisions Birmingham City's way you're having a laugh our fans are starting to sound like Liverpool fans and it's really starting to grate on me and it's really really irritating me on on Friday night there were a few uh, yes okay the Mahoney incident was on reflection was a bit of a stinkers outside the box obviously the referee was behind at the time so you know you can probably understand from his point of view uh, even Mahoney thought he'd fouled the player at first. So there was no, um, he, he wasn't complaining to the ref about it. He got, he got a very small touch on it, which the referee wouldn't be able to see where it was from. And I think the way, the way Mahoney lifted his leg and at, after the tackle and just kind of hooked the player as he was moving forward is probably what the referee's given it for. On reflection, completely wrong, outside the box, probably not even a foul. You know, <clears throat> and that's fair enough, but... If you look at Duke's goal, there was a lot of tussling in, in the box and there was a, a blatant block from Gardner uh, in there, which, you know, if, if that had been on VAR, which I know someone's asked a question about it, um, I think that goal would have been would have been disallowed. Then you've got a baggies breakaway in the second half where Dean was already on a yellow card. He took down, uh, I think it was, I can't remember which player it was, it was one of the baggies players anyway. Wasn't it Gale? I think Dean took out Gale and then... Livermore, Livermore the out Dean. Dean. Yeah. yeah, you know, and Livermore probably should have been booked for that, but Dean was already on a yellow card, so Dean should have been essentially sent off. Yeah, there, there was a there was a big uproar from the the away stand um, for that one, and I actually turned around to my mate and I went, "Yeah, but if he gives that one, he's that he he should have." Given it against Dean as well because there was a foul by oh, Dean first. Yeah. So. so you send you send off you send off, off Dean and, and you book Livermore. But I mean, yeah. this is this is not this is not uh, referees picking on Blues. This is just bad refereeing. We've seen it all season, and it's not just us. Neil Warnock's complaining about it in the uh, in the Premier League last weekend, and he's talking about the bigger clubs getting getting the decisions, and you know, and that's why the standard of refereeing has been terrible this season. You look on Twitter at, uh, on a Saturday afternoon during the game or at the end of a game, and look at all the comments from different fans across each league moaning about the referees. It's just for some reason I don't know if there's something in the water or, or at the FA, but there is. The refereeing standards are just poor this season, and they need to go back and in the postseason and really have a look at like why they're getting so many decisions wrong and if they have to change things. Someone asked about bringing VAR into the championship. I don't mind yeah. VAR; I quite like the idea of it, but I know it's not for everybody. Sean Coldicut messaged us. Um, he actually messaged an essay, and I'm just going uh, <laughs> to cut out a slice of it. Yeah. Um, and he said, for one of the biggest leagues financially, inarguably the world's most popular sport, is relying on four men who often appear to get the basics in- incorrect good enough when so much depends on them. It then goes on to ask about VAR um, as well. Now, it it really is. I mean, they've they've came out and said that the playoff game this season is worth some is something like 
180 million? Or have it I go, seen that wrong? It goes up every year, doesn't it? When yeah. the first time we got promoted, it was worth 50 million. So it's it's yeah. gone up something chronic over the past few years. Now, in a league that is worth so much money, they really should be keeping up with the standards of technology, shouldn't they? It's, uh, yeah, it, I think it's going to be used in. Obviously, the Premier League is going to get there first. Yeah. Um, but you think it, it's got to filter down? I think the problem is that, and I was, I was listening to, funnily enough, Sean Harvey the other day on. In fact, it might have been today on on Talksport when I was, when I was working, and I think he was on Jim White or something like that. They haven't. They have, the football league doesn't actually have the capacity to do it. So there's some stadiums that can't. Uh, can't accommodate it at the moment, and there, it's just a case of a lack of cameras. Yeah, and I think potentially there's also the investment there is like how much it costs to to implement. Now, I think eventually it will happen in in the, in the championship, but when you get further down the leagues, it's just going to disappear because the money yeah. just isn't there outside of the, outside the championship. So, yeah. but there, there needs to be something because there's too many decisions going the wrong way and it's going to cause real issues obviously we've seen they're going to have it in the championship final which I think is a great idea but they're also going to be and this might be for the FA Cup they're going to keep fans in the stadium in the loop which I think is a really good idea because it yeah, people at home that. you know no although no. haven't haven't they only said that they're going to be showing what's happening on the VAR screen on the big screens yeah but I don't know if they're going to have like a like they do on NFL style microphones from the referees. Yeah. That 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 I was going to say. That's one of the key things that's missing from VAR is communicating why yeah. that decision was made. So not just showing it and then going, "Yeah, we're we're going to give a penalty." Yeah. But actually giving showing it and saying a penalty was given for this reason. Well, even the NFL don't do that, but the they were they were doing something very similar in the AAF, so the uh, the, the Alliance Football League in, in the states, which has just actually gone under and it after hasn't even completed a season. But yeah, but in do, the NFL, they they say who's who, like what who it was given against, don't they? Yeah, they don't they don't sort of break down the process. Whereas no, no. You know, it, but, when but AAF, they have like a little booth and they have someone talking it through and then giving the decision, so everybody in that booth is mic'd up. Yeah. Whether or not you'd want to do that in 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 the football league or in the Premier League, I don't know. But I mean, there needs to be more clarity, and the fans need to know what's going on. Certainly yeah, in definitely. the stadium, I think it'd be a great idea. But I, I don't mind VAR. I think the game probably needs it. But it's just how we use it going forward. Is it needs to be clarified? I think. Oh, I don't mind VAR, but going back to the NFL reference, I think it should be done on based on challenges as well. I don't feel that they should do every every contentious decision and every goal, take it to the booth, wait, 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 okay, goal. I don't think it should be done that way. I think if if a team thinks that a poor decision has been made, then they should challenge it. Either the captain or the manager should have the ability to challenge a call. So, so at that point, then, so to say, are you relying on, you know, players communicating to the bench, or actually the bench sits there? So there's somebody, there's some an, an analyst that sits there on the bench with the 
with the team and the and the management and the coaching staff with the tablet watching the game. Well, the, the, it's it's always something that could happen. And as as going back to the NFL, they obviously sit there up in a booth watching replays as quickly as they can to say whether there's a, there's been a, uh, an offence. Now, the bigger clubs probably will catch on to that type of thing if that was ever brought in. And if they do, fair enough. You go off, you do it. Um, you've still got the same gamble there. But ultimately, I think that that decision should come from the captain or the manager and they decide we want to challenge this. Yeah, I, don't, I, I know I know where you're coming from with it and it's, it, it, it does work in... In the NFL and, and sort of cricket, it, it yeah, works. cricket as well. Yeah, well, yeah. It it's all dependent on the technology. I think there. I mean, when in the NFL that they review touchdown, every touchdown is, is reviewed very very quickly. And half the time you don't know anything about it because they're sort of resetting themselves. And yeah, you can have to excuse me, not me personally, but the rain has started hammering down really really loudly in the background. So if you can hear tapping. Uh, while you're listening, I'm not doing anything weird. It's actually the rain, so apologies yeah, for that. Yeah, you are. Yeah, <laughs> not to, not not. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, um... <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, I think VR is a good idea, and I think potentially we need to move forward with it in in the championship, and I think eventually they will. But you know, technology will catch up with us eventually, I guess. We'll see it in the Premier League next season. The FA Cup are currently trialling it in different ways. So, yeah, let's let's see how that, that pans out. But the referees need some sort of help because they're not helping themselves at the moment. No. So that's the biggest issue for me. Uh, so, before we, uh, before we move on, any more answers? Um, Trevor Francis. Any more? Uh, uh, Bob Latchford. Well yes. done, mate. That's three out of ten so far.
we've had a question coming from Babyface on Twitter saying, how about Derby getting out of FFP by selling their ground? How is that fair play? Uh, it's a good question. And, I mean, on the face of it, it probably does look, you know, a little bit untoward. But actually, it's just a bit of creative accounting, really, isn't it? It's completely within the framework of what you can and can't do and it does generate profit what about the valuation of this stadium though yeah and and i think that's that's the question is is it is it sort of fair market value or true true value um the the thing here is we kind of have to remember that melmore is trying to sell derby as well so you know there's if you try to sell them, he's going to want to try and <clears throat> get that money because I'm sure when he sells a club, he want to sell the stadium and he'll want to get that uh, that money that money back. So you got to try and figure out. It's a it's very very it's a very very bit of creative um, creative accounting, I think. But say absolutely within the rules, there's nothing to say they can't can't do it again. Um, not that I trust much what that comes out of his mouth, but Sean Harvey said like there's nothing stopping them any club from doing that. It's happened before in the league. Coventry did something similar, but unfortunately, look what's what's happened to them. So, uh, and that I was actually going to bring that up in using Cov as an example. Do you really want to go that way? Do you yeah, see, to... and it's, it only works. This will only work for one season. It's not going to continually work. That's once they've done it. Now they can't. They can't keep doing that. So yeah, they've done it. Yeah. but they're also essentially well not homeless because they're renting. But if that ever went tits up, they could end up homeless. Yep. And that, and you know, so there's always that risk within this sort of thing. So you know, on the face of it, it might look like they've been a bit sneaky, but it could absolutely backfire on them. Hopefully, you know, it doesn't. We don't like seeing anybody in those sorts of positions, and it'll, it'll be okay. And it's just a little, it's a, a mild irritant because you know they were they were going to be one of the first against the wall for for FFP or PNS as it is now for uh, for next season, but. You know, it, on the face of it, it, might look unfair, but you know it's absolutely within the EFL's regulations on uh, profit, profitability, you, and sustainability. So, do you think that the EFL or the FA should look at reviewing their the rules on that and whether you need to own your own stadium? There's a, I think there's a a lot to be said for the for for that. To be perfectly honest, but. There's, I think there's quite a lot of clubs out there that don't actually own their own stage. I mean, I'd have to go through some form of doing a bit of research on that. But I, well, I think even even up to like Man City don't own theirs, do they? Uh, I, Man City still leased, or did they buy it? You're probably right. You're, you're probably right. Um, so you know, it's the, just the new own the new owners might have bought it. To be fair, um, new, new owners. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So um, I mean. I mean, there's a lot that needs to change about the EFL and and the and the FA and the way things are the the way things are run. Maybe this is, maybe let's say this is one of them. They certainly need to look at whatever fit and proper person tests are. And, and I mean, you look at Bolton as well now, and potentially they've got a sale through someone that's a well-known crook and been bankrupt about three or four times, and. You know the guy that is currently owning them. It seems to be like completely backward as well as Ken Anderson. So, yeah, 
there's a lot going on in in the league that you know needs to be looked at and reformed or re-regulated or whatever. And if they're going to punish clubs for sustainability, as they call it, should they not look at the sustainability of the future of the football club? And if anything was to happen, they've got nowhere to play. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and, and as Kavar now, they've got to scrape around to try and find something for next season. Otherwise, they're going to be under pressure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it, they're not really looking out for them, are they? No, well, they're not. I think that's that's one of the things they have to look at, say, reforming and uh, changing changing regulations because they don't give enough support for, for for that sort of stuff or certainly don't give the insight that they, they should do when these when this processes, these processes are going through so hopefully what's happened to Kov won't happen to Derby or, or anybody else but it's uh, say it's, it's the risky take unfortunately with that sort of process yeah it is now you touched on Bolton just there with uh, Ken Anderson it's yes. Ken Anderson it's Ken Anderson um, yeah. now they've had a a little bit of a reprieve today haven't they Yes, so stay of execution, I suppose some people would want to call it. So Ken Anderson has found a buyer. The dodgy fuck. Yeah, Lawrence Bassini. So he was the former Watford chairman. Um, He is the prospective uh, buyer, purchaser. Uh, um, he has so Simon Jordan actually slated him as well and if, if Simon Jordan's slating you then <laughs> yeah well to Simon I listen to Simon Jordan on the radio on a, on a weekly basis and you know he's a very unlikable person and obviously he hates Birmingham because of the Steve Bruce situation and that's fair enough he, I, he'd like to think he's moved on by now but he still dislikes the club for some reason but Simon Jordan speaks a lot of sense when you listen to him Okay, he can be a bit of an arsehole, but he knows he knows his onions, as Daniel Ivory Almay would say. But he's uh, I do 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 like Simon Jordan. Listen, somewhat has Simon Jordan has to say on this sort of subject because more often than not, he knows exactly what he's talking about. He yeah. said Beanie was a crook, and I'm inclined to <laughs> I'm inclined to believe him. So it'll be interesting to see where they go. I I feel like moving from someone like Ken Anderson to someone like Bassini, who's been, as we say, I think bankrupt two or three times already. Frying pan fire. <laughs> yeah, it's probably not a great move for them. So, you know, we'll see. But how- then it is the only other alternative for them to go out of business. There is that. I mean, uh, yeah, so yes, okay. You don't want you don't want them to go out of business, do you? It's it's very sad what's happened at the moment. I feel for their fans and it's a bit of a shit show, to be perfectly honest. But I do think there's probably someone else out there that would give them, that would probably help them out. And I know there's a local consortia that want that are interested in taking them on. Potentially, I think it was a Holdsworth that Dean Holdsworth was looking for. Him. Although he's now got some form of part ownership in Palermo in Italy, I think I read recently as well. So, bit of a bit of a bizarre one, but. I, I think they'll end up getting some form of point deduction under a different ruling anyway. Bolton is not going to help them because they're going to get relegated anyway. But, you know. Yeah, just uh, as long as it's not for next season for them. Then, cause, uh, <laughs> as as we spoke about earlier in this season, it's it, it's one thing having it now. If you have it next season, 
you're yeah. up against it from the start of next year, aren't you? So this is it. I mean, it may, if they have it now, it's going to make no difference to them at all because they they look like they're nailed on to go down. In fact, did some predictions earlier in the week with just writing my notebook around. You, know, I think, will go down, and you know, I already have signed off Ipswich and Bolton is already relegated. So rather run to join them. Um. Yes, I think so. I think at the moment, I think the their result of the weekend against Derby didn't really help them. Uh, was it six one in the end? Was it? I yeah, think. they got smashed, didn't they? Yeah, I think Redden picked up points that day as well. Um, as I said to you, I think last week or maybe the week before, I think the regards to staying up for us, I don't think we actually need that many. Probably four or five. Um, in fact, do you wanna, should we have a bit of a, a, a quick prediction with regards to where we're going to finish on how many points? Yep, can do. Okay, so we're already saying that Ipswich and Bolton are down, and we're agreeing that Rotherham are going to take that final place, 22nd? 20- I hope so. <laughs> so we are currently on 41 points. I could see us getting a point for me to lead to Sheffield United. Probably a win at Ipswich, a win at Rotherham, and then a couple of draws against Wigan and Reading or something along those lines. So I'd probably see us on around 47, 48 points potentially, which would be more than enough as far as, uh, as, far as I'm concerned. I can't see anyone other than Millwall down there getting as many points as, as many, sort of not as many points, but ending up on as many points as us. Maybe Reading, depending on how they do. What's your thoughts? I'm going to go. I think we'll beat Leeds. Interesting. Draw with Sheffield United. Yeah. I don't know where I don't know where that optimism's come from. <laughs> by the way. <laughs> Based on so, what? <laughs> absolutely nothing. Last last two games. So, um, so beat Leeds. Draw with Sheffield United. Lose to Ipswich. Yeah. Lose against Derby. Beat Rotherham. I forgot about Derby actually. Yeah, I I think we'll uh, Derby have been a bit inconsistent, haven't they? So yeah, then re- smashed re- smashed Rotherham and then was sat on the back of a couple of poor results. I mean, I think I would imagine that that game the we'll know our fate by that Rotherham game, potential Rotherham or Wigan game. It won't go to final day of the season for us, which will be great. So just go into enjoy that, it. into that Reading game with. You know where he can maybe blood a couple of youngsters potentially. Um, maybe see it. So, maybe see. Jude where am I on those points? Three, four. Um, six. I think we might. We might have another ten points. That's a fifty-one. Yeah, God, that's that. That's a far more positive than I've been. I think I had yeah, seven, six, seven, six or seven points potentially. Can't see Wigan getting very many. They've got Bristol, Hull, Norwich, Leeds, Preston, then us, then Millwall, which will, could be quite crucial for them last game of the season. Although I think it, again could be over by that point. Millwall have got Baggies, QPR, Sheffield United. And Villa, Stoke, Bristol, City, and Wigan. So Millwall, Wigan play. Yeah, obviously, I've already said that. Uh, Reading have Hull, Norwich, Brentford, Bristol City, 
Baggies, Borough, and obviously us. Rotherham have got Forest next, then Villa, then Stoke, then Swansea, then us, and the Baggies, and then Borough. Yeah, the Rotherham aren't going to get very many points from that lot, are they? Not unless they do something miraculous, you wouldn't have thought so. Uh, their best chance of points are against us, Swansea, Stoke maybe Stoke have drawn the last four or five games one one. I saw, I think I saw the other day or nil nil. I think it might have been um, pretty boring. Uh, potentially they could get something against Forest, but they look like they're doing all right at the moment. So yeah, I mean I, I would expect bottom three to be from twenty second to twenty fourth Rotherham Bolton Ipswich with. Millwall 21st, no, with Wigan 21st, Reading 22nd, sorry, 20th. Uh, Let's just hope that we're sat here in in a week's time, well, in a week and a day's time, and things are looking a bit rosier. Yeah. Two two games by the next time that we'll have done the the podcast. Has has everyone got a midweek game next week? Uh, I'm not sure actually. I think we'll still be. I think we'll be in the same position in 18th. The five points is almost six points because of the goal, goal difference. difference. I mean, yeah. I think we've got a, a plus 15, 16 goal difference. Uh, better off than anybody else down there at, at the very worst. So. Yeah, I think we'll be. Uh, I think we'll be absolutely fine. Anyway, just um, I would just like to see us win again, score and win, or even it would be actually nice to see us have a clean sheet. Would be a would be quite nice. But I think it probably is a uh, full league fixture list next week. A quick look. Um, yeah, I think it is. So it is games. Obviously, last night's night for people that had games in hand yep so full full calendar full fixtures for for next week yeah so we'll be two games further along so we'll have a bit more of our idea okay i think i've got another name for the top 10 goal scorers i can't no, no googling no googling i'm trying to remember is it's definitely a valden or a bowden Jeff Valden or Jeff Valden? Jeff, okay, I'll take that. Was it Valden or Valden? Valden. Valden, okay. I'm struggling after that because I'm not sure whether we've seen anybody in recent, in our, in my, our lifetime that have got into the top 10. And we certainly would have heard about it by this point, I think. Do you want to throw any names at it? <sighs> Did we have somebody called Murphy? Some. I mean, years, years and years. Peter Murphy. I'll take that one. Thank you.
So we've got Leeds on Saturday. Yeah, Leeds, and then we follow follow that up with a game against Sheffield United midweek. So, what are we thinking about Leeds? Of course, Leeds gave us our first win of the season. Yep. Hopefully, they can give us the uh, the win that breaks the breaks the run. Yeah. So, which broke the run last time. So, you know, there's a little bit of hope there potentially. What What are we thinking? Well, I've just said that we're going to beat them, haven't yeah, I? So I know. I want to know we're going to beat I, them. I want, I want to know what the process of thinking is behind that. What I want to know. We're just going to beat them. What's the algorithm, Chris? Tell me. Come on. We just, we're just going to beat them. We're just, we're just going to score more goals. <laughs> you know we're just going to score more goals, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even confident that we are going to beat them. But one of my, uh, one of my mates messaged me last night and said. Um, he doesn't go that often, but he, he he goes when he can. And he said, oh, uh, "I think I'm going to go on Saturday, but I think we'll be two 0 down and Leeds will be out of sight by half time." I think it's one of them where it, it, that could very well happen. And if Leeds get an early goal, that might be the case. But my hope is that we can keep it tight. And as we can't seem to hold on to leads at the moment, hold on to a lead, not on to leads, um, score very late on, nick a winner in the 97th minute or something, I don't know. 97th minute, so we get, we're going to get some uh, yep. extra time in, in yep. our favour, some injury time in our favour, are we? Yep. We're, we're just a funny one at the moment. I, I have a little bit of hope, because we've already mentioned earlier on in the season and getting our first win and Shea getting his first goals and yeah I mean I have a do I, do I see us getting beat what did I put in my prediction in my piece of paper when I was doing putting out the scores for the rest of the season yeah I actually haven't got us down for a single point against Leeds I've, so I might change that way into this conversation how we how would we set up so you're going to expect Kefton Belder's back to replace Davis. Assuming that he is, then yes. Yeah. Straight in. Even if he's not 100%, I think he's still got to play. Any other changes? M- M- uh, Magoma. Yeah, I think it's time for him to have a rest. So who would replace him with Mirabia? We think that he should, but do you think he will? That's question first. Um. I'd say that Magoma normally has re- like again Magoma has really good games against Leeds. You more more often than not it's at their their place. But um, yeah, will will he or won't he? Will he or won't he drop him? I, I don't think, think he will. I would. I'd, I think I'd get, I, I think I'd I'd I would get, now, and I appreciate I'd get what you, in. Yeah, I'd I appreciate what Magoma brings that, that team, but I think it is time to give him give him a rest. Does he stick with four four two? Does he go diamond? He's not gone with a diamond for a while, has he? So four four two. I, yeah. I don't think that he'll he'll try that. But then if Leeds aren't going to come and bash the door down because it's not how they play, they they work it around nicely, don't they? Yeah, well, they they um, pre- they do press quite um, intelligently as well. Actually, I mean, look what they did to the baggies a few weeks ago. And, I mean, what's that four nil there? Uh, at the Hawthorns, not that that was only a few weeks ago. So just I think that was 
you don't want they, you don't want them in that form, do you? Really, because <laughs> no. they're absolutely terrifying. They're, they're, their problem is they've got goals in them as well. And, uh, you, I, I feel like we could spend a lot of time chasing our tails, and you, what you don't want to be doing is playing a team like that when half your players are knackered. So. I'm hoping they've had time to recover. Obviously, you get that extra day, which helps them a little bit. I suppose mm. we're going to stick with Shane Duke up front. I can't see him dropping the top scorer no. for this season. The, yeah. the, the, the guy that's up there for player of this season, I just can't see that he'd he'd drop him out of it completely, and <laughs> maybe rightly so. So the full-backs pick themselves as well, don't they? You've got Collan and yeah. Pedersen. So, I mean, Pedersen, who, again, spent a lot of time getting caught out of position, which he's done all season, uh, to, to be perfectly honest. And he's, uh, he's a little bit of a liability at times, but I don't think he's been helped by the Morrison and, and Dean switch around. That's the key thing right. for me. Do we stick with them, or do we look, do we look at maybe bringing Roberts in now? Because... There's I would not not right there. Yeah, I would bring Roberts in. I would and I would. said it on uh, Small Eth Alliance as well the other day. I said I think it's we haven't seen Roberts in a settled team. Nope. Under a settled manager, nope. uh, he, he got his chance and then got injured after about ten minutes. <laughs> so yeah, he, he was very unlucky there. But I had the same conversation with one of my one of my uh, friends a couple of days ago about it, just saying that he said, "Oh, he he didn't he wasn't having a go at him, but he just said, oh, he's been really poor.' Which you know he has been to a point, but you're right, absolutely right. He just needs a handful of games to see what he can actually do." Yeah. Now whether whether he actually does bring him in, I'm I don't think he will. Um, and th- a big reason for that, f- for me thinking that, is because. If he was going to make that change, if there is something wrong with Harley Dean, I think he would have done it after the international break. Um, mm. I think that that was the time get him sorted out, and come back, let Roberts have until Dean comes back, just see how he goes. If there's a, if there's any issues, you've got Harding that you can call on as another defender. Yeah. <laughs> Not ideal, but he can play there. Mm-hmm. Um, so for that for that reason, I don't think that he'll drop Harley Dean. No, I don't think he will either. But I think I I think from my point of view, I would. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm not I agree. Paid eight hundred thousand pound a year to manage a team, am I? So exactly. You know. <laughs> <laughs> so okay. prediction on it. Uh, I think I've convinced myself we're going to get a draw now. Uh, one one two two no two 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 yeah. Going for a Desmond. Desmond two two, no one one. I'm going with one one. You going one one? Yeah. Either. Sure. Yeah. Either it'll be we'll score early and they'll break break our hearts at the end, or it'll be vice versa. We'll get that last minute or a late equaliser after they. I'm score. going one nil. One nil. Goal to be scored in the ninety seventh minute <laughs> by Lee Camp, who came up for a call. <laughs> Why would he go up at nil nil? Because we need the points, man. Just because he's Lee Camp, he was just—he was just he Lee Camp. Him. Lee Camp he's, can score in your scenario, not in my scenario. Lee Camp just has no uh, no spatial awareness of where his own goal is, so he was, like, he was at the wrong, he was at the wrong end and just nodded it in. He comes out to clear a ball and smashes it. You are, goes 
90 yeah, yards. Claim it. <laughs> I think he was in his own box. I don't know. But, <laughs> uh, so also moving on, Sheffield yeah. United on yeah. Wednesday. So a team that we should have absolutely battered at their place earlier on in the season before we got, say, had our first win. Um, I quite fancy this against, against Sheffield United. I think we can set up in a way that can trouble them. They obviously work really, really hard. They're a little, they're a little. They remind me a little bit of the way Monk sets us up. They, they, they play some bits of nice football, but they know they know when to go direct. They've got a very good goal scorer. Everyone in that team knows exactly what they're doing. I think Wilder's really underrated as a manager. Um, it's, but, I kind of fancy just to get something. I don't want to spend too long trying to figure out what that's going to be but I'll say we'll get another point against them potentially a win but I'm going to go I might be 1-1 again actually yeah 1-1 what, what I'll, go, you... I'll go 0-0 and as much I'd love to reverse those fixtures uh, those results and have a draw against Leeds and then to beat Sheffield United with a last minute winner under the lights yeah and the night game but I've gone with it now so I'm going to stick with it so, with your top ten goal scorers of all time, have you uh, have you got any more answers? So what have I had? Joe... You've had Joe Bradford, Trevor Francis, Peter Murphy, Jeff Foden, and Bob Latchford. Was there anybody else in that top ten, or any player in that top ten that is was in our lifetime? So I don't think there is, but. Can you clarify that so then at least I can rule out everyone that I've ever seen play? <laughs> there is not. There's not. No, there's not. So, have you got any guesses? People that you don't know? Uh, <laughs> they would know that you don't. <laughs> that anybody, anybody, anybody. Have you got any guesses that you don't know? <laughs> no. Uh, hold on. Google. I'm just trying to. I'm just trying to think who. You're out. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> In at number 10, Bob McRoberts. Oh, okay. Heard of him? No, don't know Bob McRoberts. <laughs> number 9, Bob Latchford. Okay, I got him, didn't I? Number 8, Eddie Brown. Uh, probably should have got that. Is that, fifth, that was 50s, 50s, 60s. Fifties, yeah, fifties, fifty-fourth, fifty-eight. Number seven, Jeff Alden. Yeah, yeah, I was, number yeah, six, yeah. Billy Jones. Oh God, I don't remember. Number five, George Briggs. Number four, Fred Weldon. Oh, yeah, I should have got that. Uh, <laughs> number three, Peter Murphy. Number two, Trevor yeah. Francis. Yeah. And number one was Joe Bradford. Yeah. Yeah, Fred Weldon, I should have got. Uh, that's annoying. But yeah, some of those I hadn't even heard of. Um, so yeah, I'm not. I'm not too. I don't. I, you got I'm, half of them. I'm not too disappointed with that. To be perfectly honest, it is, uh, you got half. Yeah, and considering like my dad wasn't even born when some of those players played, <laughs> it's not a bad effort. I don't think so. There we go. Enjoy Saturday. Enjoy Wednesday. Hopefully get a few points on the board and until next week, keep right on. Keep right on. Um.